What's up, Isleta del Sur and everybody else listening in Indian Country and beyond. You're listening to the Daily Corn Mill on KUEH Gue 101.5 FM. This is Chris Gomez coming to you from the Paquitu village of the Isleta del Sur Pueblo Reservation. Hope everybody out there is having a great day. Of course, March is National Social Work Month here in the United States, and we've been commemorating that with a series of different guests from the Isleta del Sur Pueblo's Circles of Hope Division, as well as um, their Circles of Healing Division. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Destiny Mora, who is a licensed Master Social Work Therapist for the Isla del Sur Pueblo Circles of Hope. How are you doing, Destiny? Hi, good morning, Chris. I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for um, joining me today. So um, for today's topic of discussion, we're going to focus more on um, talking to your children about the COVID-19 pandemic. So we'll get into three areas. Um, we'll, we'll talk about children younger than five years old, We'll talk about um, from that middle age of five to um, teen and then um, teen and, and higher. And we'll also talk about um, the schools reopening, the different a- after school programs available and um, just sev- several different topics related to children as um, they deal with the COVID-19 pandemic. So um, first, um, what, what interests you about doing um, research about this um, destiny? I became interested because I've always liked working with children. I started interning here with a tribe in 2018, and I had the pleasure to be working with Vidi. And she's always um, encouraged me that I, I have a good um, relationship with children. So I've noticed that with this pandemic, and I recently just started um, doing therapy here in November. And I've been noticing a lot of the teenagers or students who tell me like they're feeling stressed, they feel overwhelmed. They feel like their parents don't understand them because of like COVID. Um, they don't understand COVID. And just that worried me because this is a very unique time that we're all going through individually, like not only as like parents or as adults, but also relating with our teenagers and our students that we're all going through the same thing. So this, be- this became an interest in me because I want to be able to normalize as best as we can for the students so they can get used to the new norm, right? We keep thinking like we're going to go back to normal last year in a couple of weeks, but it just keeps prolonging it. And I just want to make sure that the students and parents get that the resources that they can use to not feel anxious or stressed or overwhelmed at home. Yes, definitely. And I know like one of the mis- um, common misnomers that we have when it comes to children is um, that they don't have stress, that they have it easy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, us here in the adult world are the ones with all the worries and that. And I'd love to be young again where I have no responsibility. But like in their own worlds, um, these things are very stressful to them, like not just COVID-19, but like their stresses in general. They're just mag- magnified to them. Um uh, like a hundred times over and and um something that might seem trivial to an adult is just um i mean i mean that's the child's world mm-hmm. okay. yes of course i'm oh, sorry oh no you go ahead i'm sorry i, I thought you were <laughs> i was gonna mention to you when you're saying um how we don't think about kids having stress right we think like they're just kids they're playing they're they don't have any worry in the world but i think it's i think in reality i think it's kids are worried and I think maybe they don't know how to ask the questions or they don't know how to even process their own feelings. I think when we're little, we just think it's so hard for us to get those questions being asked. And we, as parents, sometimes we notice maybe some behavior changes in our child, but we're, we're like, well, what's going on? Like, why is he acting different? I remember he used to like not be so clingy with me or he wouldn't cry as much, but um, trying to recognize those signs so we can do preventative um services with them or help with them 
Okay, and um, that, that's definitely definitely great advice there. So let let's just go ahead and start off from the beginning. So where where do we even start to have this conversation with our kids? <laughs> okay, so one of the recommend recommendations that I um recommend parents is just to asking children like what they have heard about the corona or the COVID nineteen, what they've heard and how they feel about it. Um, it's also important to not overwhelm the child, depending on their age, right? Don't overwhelm them and maybe um, a lot of factual information or too much information because that's going to scare them. Um, you can also just share only information that they need at this moment. For example, like, okay, we're going back to school. Remember, we have to wash our hands, carry our germics, um, don't touch your face. Just trying to normalize the hygiene, the other precautions that we're taking. Um, parents can also offer reassurance by maybe reading books to them. Um, I found a PDF book on COVID-19 of kind of explaining to children what COVID-19 is. And it's really good because it, we have, we can provide copies if anybody's interested, but it's basically just stating what COVID is, the precautions that can be taken, the feelings that may be, um, sick a person can express or a child can express and helping them apply skills to relieve those type of um, stressors that they may be experiencing. Yeah, definitely. And that's great, great advice. Um, you don't want to hit them with, um, you know, we have 127,000 active cases and there's 154 mm -hmm. deaths still under investigation. And, you know, just mm -hmm. like with these um, hard, this hard data, like hospital uh, uh, hospitalization rates and um, especially not with a five-year-old who's just kind of like at ground level here. And then um, I think the important thing to understand also is that it is a fluid situation. So, um, you know, one thing is that the information is always um, changing and, and the recommendations for how to deal with it is, is something that's always changing. Now we have the vaccination and there's new CDC mm -hmm. guidelines coming out on, you know, what you're able to do once you're vaccinated. And so it, it's just a fluid situation. So I think these are conversations that just need to be um, continual uh, um, mm -hmm. as, as um, you know, we all... Um, process through this whole pandemic yes of course I, I definitely agree with you okay so with the little little ones we're just going to keep it really simple what about like the, that middle kind of age where they're they're five to ten years old what should we do about um if we have children that age so with the children that are five to ten years old we can meet them where they are so this is where we start asking like what do you think of this? What do you think about going back to school, about COVID, about maybe washing our hands? Like, what are you thinking, right? So we're just getting their perspective. And then we can then ask them, what do you think the answer is? And maybe they're like, well, I don't know. I don't remember washing my hands as often. Uh, maybe then you can explain COVID like, okay, well, the COVID-19 is like a flu where we all get sick. Um, it's small. It's hard to tell who has it, right? Because we can't identify it um, through our eyes. And then it's important that's when we start saying, this is why when there's people that are sick, this is why we need to take the precautions of the six feet, the social distancing, because we don't know who has it. Um, we need to make sure we wash our hands because we don't know um, who, who maybe we could have like opened a door knob or um, when we open doors, that's why. So trying to explain it to them as simply as we can, but try to give them like also a reasoning of why we're taking the precautions that we're taking so that they feel like, oh, okay, like they're reassured that everything's okay. Because I know it's difficult to say we're all, everything's going to be okay when it's still so new. But trying to reassure them that, okay, my mom is telling me this. I need to trust her and just follow um, the precautions that she's telling me to take. 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And so let's go ahead and move on to um, the tweens and the teens. Okay. okay. Um, um, what are some good strategies for, for help um, um, opening up that dialogue with them? So these uh, kiddos, they're more, they ask more questions. Why? Right. And we can, of course, give them the same precautions, but we can maybe even read articles with them, um, maybe watch videos with them of like precautions. I do know that um, different schools like Socorro, Isleta, and um, ETISD, they have videos on their website and maybe even watching these videos with them. Uh, okay, like when we go back to school, the same thing, right? Like um, on a single line, kind of the precautions that are being taken and explaining to them. But I think videos with them is more um, an eye-opening to them because they're able to relate to it and ask questions as they go based on the article or the video. Yeah, de definitely, and and um, I I know like like sometimes as a parent you can feel like overwhelmed, and they might ask you something that's a little bit um more advanced or that you don't have the answer for. What do you do in that situation? And you're right, because like you said earlier, right? Um, we don't. Everything's changing each time as we go. It's new to everybody, but maybe at this time we can just let the child or the student know, hey, you know what? That's a great question. I don't know it, but um, how about today at lunch or today at dinner, right? When we're back together. Uh, we can both look at it or I can get more information or ask your doctor and then I can tell you later on. But just reassuring them that we don't know everything and that's okay, but we'll do our best to get those answers for them. Okay. And um, just in your experience, what are some of the things that um, seem to be bothering the teens and the tweens the most during this um, pandemic? Well, a lot of them tell me that they miss their social life. <laughs> a lot of them tell me. I miss being a teenager. I miss being with my friends. I miss going to the mall. And their parents are taking the precautions of limiting, right, those contacts. And it's kind of explaining them that their parents' perspective or, like, the virus, under, um, teaching them that it's not your parents being mean. It's not um, us adding these rules because we don't want you to have fun. Because a lot of them tell me, I feel like my mom or my dad is ruining my teenage years. And I'm like, well, it might feel like that. Um, but that's when we start talking about the importance of the virus and the precautions. And once I start um, talking a little bit more about the precautions and the kind of like the pros and cons and problem solving skills, they're able to kind of sit back and say, oh, okay, like that makes more sense. And I was like, really? They're like, yeah, I just feel like my mom always just tells me no, like I don't get an answer. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. So what? That prompted me, what motivated me um, was to develop a support group for teenagers. So right now I did a support group for um, girls. And a lot of these girls, that's when they expressed to me that they feel like isolated. So we meet every Wednesday at 4 o'clock through Zoom. And we're just able to kind of talk about um, social emotional learning, kind of like social awareness, um, self-management, self-awareness, responsible decision-making skills. So we're trying to incorporate them to still have some type of engagement, but in a safe way. Okay. And then um, if I had a female daughter, how would I get her into that that um, support group? What would be the way? They can definitely call us at the office and we can provide them with the flyer and the link for the Zoom. I can provide you with the office phone number if you like. Sure. Let's go ahead and, and get the office phone number out there. Right now, that way, okay. if there's anybody interested in that, because I think support groups are, are like extremely important. And a lot of times um, mm -hmm. it helps to like not feel like you're the only one um, going through that with um, 
um, you know, by yourself, you don't feel awkward or odd and knowing other people um, kind of have similar things and it gives you a better perspective, I think. So Yeah, I agree with you. Okay. What, what's, what is that office number? It's going to be 915-860-6180. Okay. okay. And then what are the hours of operation just for um, people who might not be familiar with them? We're opened on Monday through Friday from 8 to 5. And then the support groups are every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Okay. And and you really, really have to feel for some of these, um, uh, I call them kids, but the teens, they're, they're young adults <laughs> and everything. Just imagine yes. like just being robbed out of your, uh, of your senior year, for example, and your prom and everything just mm-hmm. uh, um, in one full swoop, you know, it's, it's, it, 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 it really is. And it, those are like memories that are never going to get back. You know, so, um, you know, I, I think um, that we all, all all need to be just a, kind of aware of it and uh, like more understanding as parents, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. Yeah, and and just course. loved ones, too, of your family, because uh, um, we've been spending a lot of time with your with your parents. And, um, you know, you mm-hmm. might get to talk to an aunt or uncle or somebody else. You might have another member of your family that, you know, they're, they're just happy to see somebody who's not from their house, household. So mm-hmm. I, I think just having an open mind and everything um, is, is really important with just youth um, in general. No, I agree with you because it's true. We, we always try to maybe avoid our, our child or our students, right? Like you mentioned, our students, like feelings of maybe we don't empathize, but it's trying to take a step back of, hey, we're all going through this. I wonder how he or he is feeling through this time. Yeah, most most definitely. So let's shift gears a little and let's talk about COVID-19 um, stressors. Of course, um, you have parents that have kind of undergone um, this transformation of roles. And um, okay. can, can we um, just discuss getting into um, how, how to deal with those stressors? Yes. So I know some parents have shared that they feel like they're managing a lot. They feel like they're full-time parents and then well, they're employees. And then now they have to kind of be like a teacher. So but that's some of the stressors that some parents have been experiencing. But one of the ways that parents can maybe alleviate some stress is finding time to, of course, time management, right? It's all about time management and trying to alleviate those stressors. But maybe even also doing stuff with the child of, yes, let's keep the routine of let's go to school and the routine that you have to do for school, but also finding the time then after school to do the homework, right, as, as a family. But then I know that now with the time change, we do have more light, like um, sunlight. So maybe even taking walks with the students or the child or the family, maybe um, going to the park. Well, of course, social distancing, going to the park, maybe um, playing football, playing basketball, just doing outside activities. So both the family and does not feel like they're constantly trapped or that they're frustrated and that they're just doing the same routine but trying to get them out of that routine to alleviate some stress and okay we're back inside okay let's have dinner um let's relax let's go to bed and then again tomorrow let's do something different maybe we can paint maybe we can do a new recipe together but trying to take some time to also make it a fun experience for everybody in the household yeah absolutely you definitely don't want to um I guess focus on the things that they can't do. I, I think you want to mm-hmm. um, make the things that they can do more um, engaging and more enjoyable uh, for sure. And and um, you know, hopefully that'll help mitigate some of um, th- these feelings that they're getting anyway. So um, let let's go ahead and talk about symptoms children may be facing um, during the, the the pandemic. Okay, so some children may be experiencing maybe anger, sadness, 
um, anxious or they're scared. Um, they've, they may show these um, feelings by being cleaning, clinginess, um, fearfulness, um, emotional meltdowns, being aggressive with their toys maybe. Um, there were some physical symptoms may also be like headaches, stomach aches, or maybe like their heart racing. Okay. Uh, and so what, what should I do as a parent if I notice these kind of things? Well, of course, taking the, like five to ten minutes, maybe when we start noticing our child maybe acting out, maybe they're not they're frustrated with their toys or throwing them out, maybe walk with them, like walk towards them and kind of get at their level, kind of like sit down with them, like maybe like where you're both at the same level, not authoritative, but trying to understand them like, hey, I empathize with you, like, hey, what's going on? I've noticed that you're getting a little upset and let the child kind of um, get to tell you because I know sometimes they'll say nothing, nothing's wrong, but it's like, okay, well, I just noticed that you're you're getting very mad at your toys. Do you think we can um, play together or maybe you want to play something else? Um, but once the child is like more calm and you notice that maybe you're doing another activity where they're more calm and they're open to talking, asking them like, how are you feeling? Um, is everything okay at school? Are you maybe uh, mad at, do you have homework? What like trying to find a way to engage them and just asking them like, do you think maybe we need a break? We can go take walks together. But just trying to just Ask them first, how are you feeling and how can me as your parent or your caretaker help you? And sometimes they'll say, I'm just mad. And a lot of kids tell me, I don't know how I feel. And I said, that's okay. <laughs> so how can we, what can we do right now to make you feel better? And they'll say, well, maybe I just need a color. Okay, let's color together. As we're coloring, let's color. And um, tomorrow, uh, what can we do better? Or what can we try differently so we can, um, you're having a better day at school? Or whatever may be bothering you. Yeah, that, I mean that's that's great advice. Um, just to acknowledge that it's going on, and and then um, figure out a way how to um, I guess just engage engage them and and help them. One thing that I noticed, like in my own household with my children, is um, just especially at the very beginning of of the whole COVID nineteen pandemic. Of course, we're we're already a year into this thing, and it's oh, yeah. it's been a, a, an adjustment for sure. But um, there was a lot of interruptions to just the circadian rhythms of my children. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, we, we didn't know what day it was sometimes or, yeah. <laughs> or you know, um, since you're doing your work online, just the the normal 24 hour clock kind of goes out the window. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I saw some of my children with problems like insomnia and um, mm -hmm. or just oversleeping and, and just, uh, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that was just like like something that was um, an adjustment. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I tried to get make things more routine as, as mm -hmm. I kind of figured it out. But um I, I don't know. Do you have any advice for um, that kind of thing? Oh, yes. And I can totally relate with you because it's hard when we're home. It's like we lose track of time. It's like we wake up, we eat, we kind of just go with the day. We don't really look at the time. So I agree with you on that. But it's just remembering kind of like having our phone. I know a lot of us have our phones. Maybe we have timers. We have reminders where maybe we can, okay, the child goes, or the student, right, goes in at eight or nine. Let's make sure we wake them up at seven so we can all eat together but trying to keep a structure and a routine because when we do this it helps the child feel reassurance and in order for us to provide like a comfort environment where hey everything's okay i know i know you're not going to school i know things are changing but trying to reinforce these structures and these routines so that feels it reinforces them that that's okay and the comfort because at the end of the day the parent or the household is supposed to be a safe place for the child. And if the routines are 
constantly being reinforced, it's going to provide the child some stability of, okay, I know what to expect. I know what's next. Yeah, most definitely, because um, school just naturally has um, routine built right into mm-hmm. it. There's class transitions. I mean, e- even from kindergarten all, all the way up to high school, you know, they, they transition. They have their passing periods or they go to lunch or PE or whatever. So, um, yeah, establishing that routine at home, I think, is, is really helpful for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, let's talk about parents and children um, facing the same kind of worries during the pandemic. Yes. Yeah. So I know some parents and some students have shared that they're worried about going back to school. Um, They worry because they don't know, like, of course, because of the pandemic, and they just don't know what kind of challenges they're going to face with the school. And I know parents are like, I want to send them because I know it'll be good for him or her, but I worry that what if they get sick or what if this um, pandemic doesn't get any better. Um, But just trying to remember as well as parents that even though we are going through these worries, because we are parents, we worry about our children no matter what. We worry, even if they're outside playing, we worry that they're going to fall or hurt themselves. And imagine, I can't imagine even now with the pandemic and sending them back to school. But trying to remember that we have to try our best to not let our feelings as parents of worriness come across to our children. Because when we do this, we're we worry the child. We worry them that, okay, this is not a safe place. Why my mom is telling me not to go to school now that I can't um, touch anybody. That I And, of course, those precautions are trying to remind them, again, the precautions that they're taking for their safety, for everybody's safety. But just trying to remember as parents to not project those feelings because they, our children see everything we do, even if we want it or don't. But they see everything that we do, and it's important just to be mindful that we don't want to add more stress to them and to just try our best to maybe talk to our partner, our, our doctors, our pediatrics, just so we can regulate those feelings um, for ourselves. Okay, for sure. And then, um, so recently, um, s- students did have the option to go back to school here in El Paso. I know Isleta uh, Independent School District opened up and Socorro, and they all have their different procedures. Um, I, I know you guys, you work closely with uh, um, just the, the, the districts and, and our different programs here on, on the Pueblo. Can you talk about some of the things that they're doing um, in the wake of COVID-19 to kind of reassure parents of um, their children's safety? Yes, of course. So I know Isleta, um, no, the Independent School District, they provide transportation and before they provide like bus transportation to school um, and after school. And what they do is that they do a screening. Um, so they take their temperature, they do provide hand sanitizer, it's social distancing. So the children are spread out within the bus. And then I do know that the buses are being sanitized before and after. Um, and then also the, there's, they have the options of students being continuing virtual learning or in person. And students are all as well that they're screened before they go into the building um, and then the classrooms are sanitized. And then students do have the option to eat lunch and breakfast at school. But of course, social distancing, they're not able to be in the cafeteria, they're in their, in their room. And it's kind of like a little cubicle where it's their distance. And they're still using and recommending to be using the mask at school. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, I mean, th- that's got to be a, an adjustment there. And um, are you finding that most parents are giving their, their um, children the choice on whether to go online or are they kind of dictating it to them? So some of the 
families that I we've been helping here, they have been sending their students back to school. And when I do ask them, like, well, how do you feel about this? They're like, no, I feel better because I now I know the precautions that are being taken. Um, some have also shared, like, some students have shared with me, like, oh, sometimes, like, I'm like, there's a few people there, like, it's just me or another person. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm like, well, where are the other ones? They're like, no, they're still at, at home. So I think that helps parents alleviate some stress of there's not as many students in, in the classrooms yet. Uh, yeah, definitely. And I know there's some some um, kids out there that they actually enjoy enjoy the online learning. You know, I've heard things <laughs> like I can do uh, my work from my pajamas. I don't have to get ready. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like so. I, I guess it, it just it varies from student to student for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's it's. I mean, I I think in general the school the school districts are doing the best job they can with the resources like i'm i'm really impressed by um just weekly rapid testing and and yeah. um, you know um things to identify people that may be infected um before it even happens cuz i what i'm i'm um finding out is more and more um, you don't even know that a, a child has COVID-19 until somebody in the house, mm-hmm. household gets um, te- yes. starts showing symptoms and, and they test the whole family. And that's where, where you find out that some of these um, school-age children actually mm-hmm. are infected with the virus. So um, that rapid testing does definitely go a long way um, um, with um with identifying who has COVID-19 and isolating them and um, mm-hmm. doing the contact tracing and everything that comes after that. So oh. the Pueblo um, reopened its its after school programs a couple of um, um, months ago. I want to say about a month and a half ago. Can you talk about mm-hmm. some of the things that, that they're doing in those programs? Yes. So I do. Um, I talked to Stephanie from T- Tribal Empowerment, and she's the one that's been able to help me with kind of what the precautions that the department's taking over there. Because I know they specialize more when it comes to the school district. Um, they have the impact program and it's appointments to be, well, you can schedule appointments for higher education, kind of for like financial aid, um, to get more information about maybe like, um, schools and, you, um, higher education information that you want for your child. And you can either do appointments virtually or you have the option to come in in person. Um, they also do have the brace program, which is from five to 13 year olds. And they offer the spring break program and the after school program. Um, and I think this is very like an awesome service that we have because it helps parents while they're working, especially during spring break with like when it comes to childcare. Um, but I do know that they're also social distancing there and they also do provide transportation from Presa and Campestre Elementary. And they do also have um, bus transportation where it's from the school to the program to back home. And then we also have a Suipatu um, pre-kinder. And this, they're also taking the same precautions. Uh, the children have their own desk and materials, so they're not sharing with other students. And students, parents, I'm sorry, still have the option of enrolling their children through virtual learning or in class as well. Oh, that, that that's great that they have all those services. I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, too, um, when, when schools shifted on, online, um, they did open a learning hub, um, like, back in the fall and everything, and, and, that, and um, before students had the option of going, and um, that, mm-hmm. that was really helpful, and they were providing um, the meals to um, 
the students that were in school that you would go pick up at the um at the Pakitu village so that, I, I mean they, they just did a really wonderful job with um you know just helping out the community just taking that little worry off your back of you know what mm -hmm. the kids are going to eat um during the day oh, yeah. or you know <laughs> what yeah i know that's really helpful so um mm -hmm. you that you work with youth on a regular basis how are how are they feeling just overall returning back to school some of them are actually excited <laughs> some of them tell me i just i feel like i can go back to some kind of norm they tell me like i'm not i feel like I, i'm happy that i can get away for a little bit from the house they're like i'm so tired of being home all the time so some of the students have told me that they feel more comfortable um so no, I, I, some of them are really happy. Other ones, like you tell me, the other ones tell me like, no, I want to be home. I like my virtual learning because I wake up about 20 minutes before class and I'm like, oh my God, well, as long as you're making there on time and you're doing your work. So it's been, um, I haven't had any students tell me that so far, I haven't had a student tell me that they're um, extremely nervous or that they're fearful of going back. They tell me that they are ready to go back. Yeah. And, and well, you know, and um, having this conversation with you, I guess it's a little bit more reassuring as just a tribal community member to see that, you know, because you, you don't know um, what's going on out there. You know, you know what you're doing in your own household, but you don't know okay. how other parents are handling it. And, um, you know, um, you're wondering, is it just like a free for all out there? You know, are, are people just letting their <laughs> yeah. children run wild like all over the reservation? And um, in talking with you, that just doesn't seem to be the case or that doesn't seem... No. There doesn't seem to be like a lot of that um, going on here on, on our reservation. It might be different on other reservations <laughs> or other non-native communities, but um, I, I really um, haven't seen haven't seen all that. I guess it, it, it helps being a close-knit community sometimes. Mm -hmm. Of course. Okay, so let's shift gears a little bit and talk about um, how us as parents can establish a safe place for our children. Okay, so we can... As parents, we can provide a safe place for our children by maybe practicing breathing techniques with them. I know you were mentioning to me a little bit, kind of like, how can we help our children feel better, right? Maybe they're not ready to talk to us. Maybe the coloring's not helping or playing with them. But maybe we can take some time to do some breathing techniques with them. So what this means is maybe as both of us, maybe me and the child, we can lay down together on the floor with um, maybe like a stuffed animal on our stomach. We can breathe in through our nose. Um, count for three or four seconds and then out through our mouth and doing this is relaxing us and it's kind of grounding us and um, helping us not feel so stressed or overwhelmed or regulate those feelings and then that's one option that we can do maybe also once the child has or the student has a break or like a timeout I'm not timeout but like a break from class we can take like those maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes to just maybe dance, maybe put some music, sing, um, encourage them to move so that they kind of can let that energy out so we're just sitting down and then kind of go back to the class. We can also, if they're feeling frustrated, we can also encourage them to maybe put a cold water, cold water on their face or put a cold rag on their neck or give them a piece of sugar candy to chew. What this uh, does is kind of providing grounding techniques of them feeling, being able to alleviate some stress. What grounding techniques are is being, is our five senses. So it's kind of like our seeing, our hearing, our tasting, our smelling, and um, touching. And what we do with this is that we're grounding the child to kind of focus on their surroundings so they're able to find a way to calm themselves. And once they're calm, we can, of course, 
ask them how they're feeling. We can also um, do a blanket break, which means that when the child is upset, ask them, like, hey, do you think you would feel comfortable maybe if I wrap you in a blanket, hold you, and just ask you to close your eyes for a few um, seconds or a few minutes just to kind of take a moment to breathe and just tell me about a time where you had a happy memory or that um, or something that you want to do that you enjoy. This is kind of, uh, but of course, as a child, but of, this is kind of reassuring them that I'm here with the one who I trust, my caretaker, and I, this is my time to kind of express a happy place so that I can feel better. Um, we can also, I know we have parents, I know in general, they have a lot in their plate with working with the children, and of course, now it's school. But maybe if this is a lot, maybe we can just take five to 10 minutes a day to just ask them, how are you feeling? And just really listen to them and say, okay, well, I understand where you're coming from. Um, and again, asking, how can we do this together so that tomorrow it can be a better day? Yeah, well, all, all great um, recommendations, of course. Um, just be mindful of that you're you're trying to do that so that you know what you're trying to accomplish and you're not just trying to live um, day to day as a parent for sure. <laughs> Okay, and um, um, can we talk about, because, I mean, we've talked about um, just students that you're working with right now. Can you talk about some of the preventative um, services that are out there for Isla del Sur Pueblo tribal members? Yes, of course. So right now, we at Circle of Hope, we are part of the mental health, and we do have outpatient mental and psychiatric services. We also provide children and adults psychiatric evaluations. We provide individual and family therapy, um, the support groups, and also being aware that I guess we're trying to normalize therapy, that it's not when we have a problem, but even asking questions or psychoeducation about what can I do with my child when I feel like they're acting up or I notice them stressed. Um, just trying to be like a partnership with the parents and the child so they can feel alleviate some stress and feel comfortable um, going back to school, but them knowing that we're always here to help and if we don't have the answers. We'll work together as a team to figure out a plan for the family and for themselves. Um, we also do have the Tribal Empowerment. They have the Incredible Years Parenting Program. And I do know that they provide classes for infant children from 0 to 12 months. And then the toddler classes from 1 to 3 years. And then the classes um, for 3 to 6 years old. Yeah, great. There's so many, so many great resources here in this community. You know, we truly are blessed to have them for um, not just our children, but for everybody who lives here. So um, we're going to add, you provided me with some of these um, references here. We're going to add them to the, um, the resource page of the Circles of Hope um, website. So you can find that at www.isledelsurpueblo.org. There's a lot of great information here from the school districts to back to school safety to, um, from mindheart.co. So I'll go ahead and put these references in the show notes as well on this podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Destiny? No, just thank you so much, Chris, for taking the time to um, talk to me today. Okay, and let's and give um, let's go ahead and give that phone number out to your office one more time if, if um, a parent needs to get a hold of um, you or anybody else from Circles of Hope there. Of course, it's going to be 915-860-6180. 
Great, great. So um, that's the number that you call. I'll go ahead and put that in the show notes as well in case um, you missed it or, or you're driving while you're listening to this. I want to give a special thanks to our guest today, Destiny Mora, licensed um, master social worker for the Circles of, of Hope. Remember, if you missed any part of this podcast, maybe you picked it up in the middle, you can always download it on demand wherever you get your podcast, whether that be Apple, Google um, Podcasts. So we're on Spotify. We're on about seven or eight different um, spot, uh, podcasts, uh, platforms. So go ahead and search for the daily cornmeal there. This podcast will also be available on the Isla del Sur Pueblo Health and Human Services Facebook page at YDSPHHS. So make sure you follow over there. You're listening to the daily cornmeal on KUEH Gue 101.5 FM, Isla del Sur, Kibemuhi, and have a great day.